This meeting is now called to order. First up, attendance. We have Farrell Dejeuner. Farrell Dejeuner. Farrell Dejeuner. Yeah, I think that's. I think you spelled that wrong. Um, it's Paul. No, Deche- you're Paul Deschen. Yes. I'm looking for Farrell Dejeuner. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He appears. Not I, I don't think he's here. Okay, so no, no Farrell and uh, Acorn Mordor. No. <laughs> There's no acorn. Oh, no. No, no. no there uh, is Aiden Morgan. I thought he was with me. me. Yeah. I'm Aiden Morgan, your comptroller for the meeting, and Paul DeShen is our co-manager. And we do not have quorum once again. Well, we'll just, nothing will be binding. We'll just have to wing it. Yeah. So, in compliance with EX 1063, we are broadcasting as part of Regina's community outreach program on 91.3 FM CJTR. Any minutes arising from our last meeting? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the um, from, uh, well, I'll make a motion to accept the minutes from the November 5th meeting. Uh, I'm going to get Acorn Mortar to second those. Okay. Well, you know, we'll just send them an email and we'll just, we'll write it in later on. Um, so in the last meeting, we, uh, we discussed uh, rejected street names uh, that were proposed by Wisterra and Harvard Developments. Uh, for a new subdivision. Uh, at this week's planning commission meeting, the Civic Naming Committee submitted their report for 2014. Uh, on this list, um, another 14 names, or four, sorry, 14 applications were made for new street names. Uh, 85 new streets for uh, street names were uh, approved. Are we going to have 85 new streets to go with those street names? You know, we can only hope. Okay. That they, would be marvelous. We could have them one block long each. It's true. I mean, that's that would that would be fantastic. Exactly. And we could get some new names, which would be great. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, especially considering some of these street names that were approved. Um, what are they? Well, uh, there's a lot that I quite liked. Uh, bison, I think, is a fantastic name for a street. It's a good animal, slow and eats grass. Yep. And um, we also uh, there's bull snake. I'd live on bull snake street. Me too. I'd live on Bullsnake Terrace, even Bullsnake Muse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grasshopper Street is a possibility. Pheasant, Moorhead, everybody wants Moorhead. Uh, um, yeah. But, you know, there's there's some others that I thought uh, I wasn't such a big uh, fan of. Uh, Green Bluebell Street. Um, are you sure it's not Blue Green Bell Street? I'm pretty sure. I'll okay. double check. Yeah, no, it's Green Blue Bell Street. Also, Green Silverberry Street. And, and this- and there is a, is there a silverberry or a green silverberry? Uh, no, there's just a silverberry. Okay. So there's a green silverberry and a silverberry. I have a question. Yes. What if I live on green silverberry and I call 911 because there's a fire and they end up going accidentally to silverberry and hydrating some random house? Yeah, um, that would be a problem for you. It would. So yeah. why would But the people on silverberry street or green, well, they'd be fine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, what other good names are there? So uh, one of my personal favorites is Kenosis Street, K-E-N-O-S-I-S. I looked that up because mm-hmm. it, so- it rang a bell. It sounded familiar. Um, it comes from the Greek word canoe, which means to empty. Okay, so an yeah. empty street? An empty street or a street that empties things out or um, it's a, an empty neighborhood. I don't know. Well, maybe maybe it sort of like goes you know, slope down into the creek or something. And yeah. Things just empty out yeah. into a big pool where cars can get trapped. Yeah. Um, and actually in Catholic theology, Roman Catholic yeah. theology, the word kenosis refers to the way that Jesus emptied himself of certain divine attributes so as to become human. So that's not a Lotus Street name. Oh, not at all. And actually, it's funny because it's etymologically related to the actual vessel, the canoe. Oh, is it? Like, so when you see an empty canoe going down like the, like a stream, they say that like the Lord is in the canoe with you at that point. Really? Yeah, it's true. That's fantastic. uh, Yeah, it's well known. It's well known. And if you see a bear in the canoe, it means that somebody got eaten by a bear. Clearly, I need to read more. And he's he's ripped off their canoe. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, The, I don't know, did you see any names on the list that you enjoyed? Um, actually, I kind of like Sumac. Sumac, yes. Yeah, and I mean, mostly because I'm pretty sure that they, uh, they were intending to honor, uh, Yima Sumac. Yes. The, uh, the, the uh, immig- immigrate, the Incan princess who immigrated to the U.S. in the 50s. Yeah, and, and became, became a, a leading force behind exotica music in this, the mid-century. There's some really progressive thinkers, I think, uh, in, on the naming committee. Yeah, no, I was pretty excited about this. In fact, I was so excited that I scared up some, uh, Ima Sumac for us to listen here tonight. Ooh. To um, this is the song, uh, the title track from the album Ixtabe. Mm, nice. This was uh, she did this with Les Baxter. This is a, it, one of the seminal, the most important Exotica albums ever. Um, Ixtabe apparently means lure of the unknown love. Mm. So I will uh, I will play. I'll cue that up for us right now. And I'm using the wrong cue upper. Here we go. But now you are using the right one. Sumac. Do you know how Ima Sumac died? No, I don't. Uh, she was eaten by a bear uh, who stole her canoe. Really? Yeah. Huh. Um, I find that hard to believe. <laughs> uh, okay. So, yeah, Ima Sumac. She had uh, a four to five uh, octave vocal range. And let's uh, let's move on from from the street business. What do sure. you say? Yeah, no, that's a good idea. That's yeah, not... that's all the business arising we had from the last minutes. I think I think I think we need to mention right now that um, there's more than one kind of improvement 
mm-hmm. in this city. I mean, there's the real sort of important improvement, which is the Queen City Improvement Bureau. But then there's also the uh, Regina Downtown Business Improvement District. Mm-hmm. And we have Judith Verisuk on to uh, to talk a little bit about uh, some of the uh, RDBID improvements. Yeah. Hello, Judith. Well, thanks for having me. I like to think of downtown as being even more important than the Queen City Improvement Bureau. But yeah. Maybe this isn't the right audience to say that. It's 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 kind of hard to imagine, but okay. For for the purposes of the interview, we'll we'll accept that. Much appreciated. Yeah. Thank you. So, Judith, just um, for the uh, for the listeners, uh, what is your position with the Regina Downtown Business Improvement District? Well, I am the executive director with Regina Downtown, or as I like to say it, I am the mastermind of downtown. So everything good, bad, ugly, you can blame on me these days. Oh, but there's nothing ugly about downtown. It's all good, right? You know, you're absolutely right. We're, there's been so much growth over the past five years that even the parts that people didn't like to see, we're starting to see improvement, like Capital Point. Right. Um, I think everyone uh, hated seeing that big empty lot, and now there's some earth movers in there. Yes. Right. So we have a hole now instead of. We an do empty have lot. a hole. Actually, I, I can see basement in there when I walk by. So, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. There's some doorways in there. When I walk yeah, by. it's kind of fa- it's like it's like uncovering this like archaeology or something. It's kind of neat. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, one of the things we wanted to talk to you about uh, when we uh, asked you to come on, uh, we talked about this last week, actually, at the last meeting. Uh, There was a survey that you guys ran recently. Um, Imagine Downtown? Yeah. You know, we last did our our big public engagement strategic plan for downtown back in 2009. And as you can imagine, there's been a ton of changes downtown. Um, We have over 5,000 more employees downtown. Over 700,000 people use City Square Plaza in just 2014. Um, So those are things that we didn't have back in 2009. So we thought this was a great opportunity to go back out to the public and see how they feel about downtown. Are we doing things right? Are we doing things wrong? And what can we do better to make everyone want to share in our downtown? Right, right. So what kind of people did you um, survey for this? Um, Well, we went out to most of the public employees working downtown. We had a website um, with a survey on it. We were out at Agri... Not Agribition, the other one. Farm Progress. We were out at the markets. We were out at the night markets. We were out in front of our office. We were in the Cornwall Centre. So we really tried to get the um, a wide range of responses. So we had a lot of retirees, but we had a lot of um, youth um, mm-hmm. Responding, so we we're quite pleased with that, and I think the results really reflect that diverse um, response. Right. So, what kind of things did uh, did they imagine for the downtown? You know, everyone is very happy with the way that things are going for downtown. They're they're seeing the positive improvements. Um, you know, as much. Um, people are very were very divided about the city square plaza when it was first built, and I think as it's kind of ingrained itself into people's, um, um, I guess their experience downtown, they're beginning to embrace it. They see how wonderfully it can be used, um, you know, during Grey Cup Week, Fashion Week, um, Farmers Market every other week in the summer. So um, they're beginning to appreciate. Um, the benefit it brings to the community. So they're looking for more activation, especially in wintertime. You know, we're, 
we do have winter, what is it, seven months out of the year here? So um, we can't just shut ourselves up into our houses. And we at the bid, we're trying to look for ways to continue activating, not just downtown, but the city square plaza as well. Um, during those colder winter months, there's a lot of cool things that can be done. And um, it's just getting people out of their homes to um, enjoy and experience it. Right. Um, and uh, what about the uh, sort of the infrastructure of downtown? What are what are you hearing from people who work and live downtown about it? Well, infrastructure is an area of improvements. That's definitely a challenge, and it's shared by everyone. You know, the city has you know miles and miles and miles of of roads that need to be replaced or repaired throughout the city. So um, we are in queue for a lot of that. Um, there were a lot of improvements made um, at different sidewalks throughout downtown this summer so we're very thankful for that we just need to keep it going because it is the first face that people see when you have investors coming down to to the city most of the times they'll stay in a in a hotel downtown they'll go to a restaurant or hold hold their meetings um, somewhere downtown so they're most likely walking our sidewalks and when they see them broken cracked you know missing pavers that sort of thing that's not the best image we want to put out there and um, you know beyond that it's also for the citizens you know you have folks that are um, you know challenged they're they're in wheelchairs or using walkers or they're older or younger you know people are trying to push strollers and when the sidewalks aren't in good shape it just makes it difficult for everyone so that's going to be a real point of advocacy for us in the coming years um, to get the city to place more of a priority on fixing some of those key locations throughout downtown right um have they given you like are you in contact with the city do they give you like a sense of how um urgent do they understand the urgency i guess is my question well, we do our best to try and share that urgency and make it a priority. Um, I do think in the coming months, we will have some key interviews or key meetings with um, city staff at the executive leadership level um, and with city council to share our concerns and, you know, offer resources to help them make it happen um, to, to, our, to the best of our ability, of course. Yeah. Cool. So tell us a little bit about uh, the, the idea of having a restaurant week. Because this this appeals to me because I like to eat at restaurants as does everybody. So well, I like to eat too, and I think that was the big driver. It was to make restaurant week for me, but um, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> it was just, just to clarify. Um, so restaurant week is an idea that you guys have. Um, did this come out of the survey, or is this something you guys have been planning for a long time? It was always kind of on our radar. You, we've seen it done very successfully throughout North America, and we thought um, we were getting ready for it. Um, we're now at a point where we have critical mass with all of our restaurants, but I think the key thing is that we're seeing the restaurants wanting to work together. Mm-hmm. So they did it for the... Um, the fundraising for the wildfires. Um, they were they just came together for Agribition last week when they had the um, the tasting experience downtown on um, Scar Street Mall. So you see them wanting to work together, and I think that's something that we need to capitalize on and um, work with them to help bring more business to them in those colder winter months. Again, it's a way to get people out and experiencing downtown in our winter season. So yes, we're definitely looking at a restaurant week probably for the month of February, somewhere in there. Right. And what are some of these the restaurants that have made up this critical mass? Like, what can people, like, find downtown now that they couldn't, you know, just a year ago? Our new restaurants, um, Malt City, 
Famoso, the pizzeria place. Um, the Fat Badger opened late late last year. The Capitol is in the new jazz bar. Um, Victoria's Tavern. Again, they opened up last year, but they're really picking up some steam there. Um, you always love, you know, Flip and Crave and Golfs and um, the Rooftop. Those are the old standbys. But um, again, it's just getting that their um that interest in, how can i forget beer brothers i'm across the way from them so i better not forget them sorry greg um but again just seeing their willingness to work together you know it's an opportunity that we can't ignore and we're definitely going to push forward with some sort of semblance of a restaurant week next year right we had an idea to take the entire downtown and everything in it and move it into the rcmp heritage center and just actually not let anybody out of it ever. Well, we'd have to do a call first. This is true. Right? Yeah. Right? That could be expensive. <laughs> that could be expensive. <laughs> but you know what? They have a lot of interesting topography there. So I would love to have... That's the one thing I think our downtown's missing. It's Well, we're missing a body of water downtown. Because um, our technically our boundary goes to Victoria. Um, when I did this job in Windsor, we had the riverfront and we could do things on the riverfront and that kind of was a draw in itself. So I do miss having a body of water in our downtown. But the other we thing could is, make one. That's, yeah, we that's could. something we could build, right? Yeah, we could. Yeah. Another big dig, big yeah, dig too, right? Exactly. Yeah. Or, a, or like a fireman's chain with like yeah. buckets. There you yeah. go. I will add that to our list of yeah. improvements. Yes, exactly. But the other thing we, we would, I would love to have is some topography downtown because you can do some really cool events, you know, with like tobogganing and... You know, they had the big water slide up in Saskatoon that kind of made its way across Canada. And unfortunately, it didn't occur downtown there either because they have a very flat downtown. It was off in there, wherever they have their hill. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it'd be great if we had one. I'd also love to roll some hay bales down a hill in our downtown. So. Is that a thing? Where do they know. roll hay bales down hills? You know, I think it's just me. I've seen it done. In um, in Europe, where they do it with those big wheels of cheese, so I okay. thought here we have hay, so why not try doing it here? I'm trying to embrace the whole prairie experience. I've only mm-hmm. lived here for five years, so um, the more exposure I get to the farm life, the more fulfilled I feel. I think I think actually having like a cheese wheel roll that could stimulate the local cheese economy. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I think I think we should have hay and cheese. Like a hay cheese blend. And then when we all land at the bottom, we can sit on the hay bale and eat the cheese. And this we can hide wine bottles inside the hay bale. I, I now see why you're the mastermind of downtown. That's yeah. right. These are, I'm these the are idea ready. person. <laughs> tell, us, um, t- tell us a little bit about the uh, Artist in Residence program. Just give us some uh, background on that. This is the project I'm probably most excited for and it's almost like Sophie's choice with me saying that because we have a lot of great things going on but um, the artisan residence is something that's very near and dear to my heart Um, we're going to be focusing on the alley an alley activation which is on trend I guess a lot of other cities throughout North America are really focusing on their laneways and their alleys and is it on fleek though you know I think it's on fleek and Sounds on, on fleek. Yeah. Sounds yeah. on fleek. And it's cool AF. 
Oh, there you go. There you go. So (laughs) this is strong language for the weekly meeting of the bureau. (laughs) It is. You're going to have to edit that out of the meetings. So uh, meeting minutes. So uh, we're going to focus on the alleyway behind um, behind our office um, between uh, Cornwall Street and Scar Street Mall, going from 11th to 12th. And I'd love to see some some murals in there. um, Some you know, dance parties or, you know, light projections, films. Um, so we're looking for uh, an artist-in-residence coordinator to help build that program, and then we'll be hiring an artist-in-residence themselves to curate and actually do some of the work throughout the course of the year um, next year. So um, what I, I park in the parkade behind, um, on the other side of that alley, and I walk through a pedway to get to my office every morning. And I just think there's tremendous opportunity to try and do some murals on the second level because that's what people see when they're walking through that parkade from Tower 1 to the Bank of Montreal Tower. So if we can bring those murals up one level, as well as, you know, keep things at the ground level, I think it would just be um, more of an experience, you know, from ground up. So there's... You know, I I like to think I'm a little creative. I'm hoping the person that we hire in this position will just blow my mind with new ideas that we can implement. Fantastic. Cool. Um, so one of the things I wanted to ask you about is you had this survey. You're planning all of these things. Um, why do we need these things? I thought we had a downtown plan to cover all of this stuff. I thought that was all sorted out. The city had it covered. I don't even. I, I suspect there are a lot of people who listen to this show who don't know what the RDB idea is or why we even need you. So the the plan that you're talking about is the Regina Walk to Work plan, and that was done in 2009 by um, noted urbanist Jennifer Keysmat, who's now the chief planner over in Toronto, and I think she did a tremendous job. But that plan is very city oriented. It's what the city can do. So it's talking about fixing up sidewalks, building um, bulb outs, and on-street parking and design guidelines and all that sort of thing, which we need. Um, But it didn't really give us direction as to what we can do to activate those spaces. So um, we like to focus our efforts on what we call placemaking. So how do we we make downtown a great place? And that takes so many different forms, whether it's fixing the sidewalks and making it an easier place for pedestrians and or cyclists um, to move around, it can also be events and activities to bring people to downtown. Um, we're going to be focusing on some advocacy work, um, definitely with the development of the rail yard lands to the north of us. Um, there's definitely some interest from our members as to what happens over there, and we hope to be a part of that conversation. Um, so we're, we have our hands in a lot of pies. We do a lot of cleaning as well. Um, we have a gentleman who rides around on our sweeper he sweeps our all our sidewalks on a daily basis and then when once the pedestrians kind of come downtown then he has to put away the sidewalk sweeper and he's out there by hand um litter picking and you know cleaning graffiti so we try and make an effort in that and i think next year we're going to be expanding that to four people so um we'll have even more of an impact on downtown um so we're we have our hands in a lot of pies and i think what was quoted in our survey was that um, the city provides the base level and the bid takes it to the next level. So that's kind of where we're at, and that should be our motto, I guess. I didn't come up with that. Shoot. <laughs> I need to trademark that. <laughs> um, two things that you guys did that I was re- I really appreciated. Um, one of them was the you guys are involved with the cinema under the stars. Yes. You guys put that on every year. That's our baby. 
Yeah, it's fantastic. The year that you guys had Frozen on in the park, and it was you had like um, a hairdresser who was there who was um, giving everybody uh, Elsa haircuts. Yeah, I believe it is. Yeah, um, that was great. Also, um, I loved I loved my Elsa haircut. It was it was perfect. Yeah, no, yeah. he he looked fabulous. I still I still have it. It's it's, it's hard just to much see. shorter. Yeah, much I think shorter. you got the Olaf cut. <laughs> <laughs> A little more Olaf. <laughs> Yeah. The other one is something um, that I, I, I don't know if you want me to bring this up, but it was one of my uh, favorite moments of the uh, the bid. Um, but, you know, it's not like anybody's listening. We're just on uh, CJTR, Virginia's Community Radio 91.3. Um, uh, I guess it was two years ago uh, the downtown had some street preachers and not the, like the nice street preachers. <laughs> who, um, you know, talked about nice things. They were like the nasty ones who made children cry and screamed a lot. Yeah. And <laughs> and you guys uh, did, and they were unscheduled. They hadn't, like, uh, arranged to do this. And you guys scheduled some counter-programming in the form of a boombox playing loud rock music. And I know that there was some controversy about this at the time, but it was it, it made me so happy. Uh, I think you guys... Um, I, I think you deserved an award for that, actually. Well, again, we were responding to um, members' complaints, and I think you're right. The, my motto these days has been the streets are for everyone. So mm-hmm. regardless of what he was saying, technically he did have a right to be there, but that didn't mean that we have to listen to him. So we provided alternative programming um, to to the um, to his preaching. Luckily, I had that day off, so I heard about this. It was my staff that kind of took care of it, and I thought they did a great job. And, um, you know, it, we tried not to be confrontational. We we don't do that in our office. It's not worth the effort. Um, but I think it got the point across, and we got a lot of um, support from the community on that one. Yeah. But um, Frozen, you know, that, that event, I think we had about 24. 400 people come out to that event. That was one of our highest um, number of attendants. Um, and just to give you, um, I guess, a comparison, I started this job in 2010. So my first summer here was 2011. And our average for the movies was about 400 people. Really? And I think we were like just crying tears of joy when we hit about 500 one day. We we're like, whoa, this is great. Flash forward to like 2014, 2015, and we're averaging about 1,800 per show. And, you know, if we're at 1,200, we're like, oh, it's a slow night. So it's all relative. Um, We try to um, provide um, some pre-show entertainment. That's what you were talking about with the hairdresser. So each show, we try and do something that's um, customized to to the show that we're showing. So we had the DeLorean out there last year for the... um, for the uh, Back to the Future event, we had um, the Lego folks out when we showed the Lego movie. So um, it just gives again folks something to do while they're waiting for the movie. Um, I think what I'd like to do next year is offer some walking tours of downtown while people are waiting, so they can come set up their chairs, and then we take them on a quick tour of um, some of the public art that we have downtown or the heritage buildings. And then while they're doing that, they can see the different restaurants that they could possibly go to the next time they're, they're downtown. So there are always ways to expand, enhance, and you know make better the stuff that we're doing successfully already, and we're always exploring those options. Fantastic. Um, just on the subject of awards. Yes. Uh, because you've appeared on the show, uh, oh. you've been identified as an improvement vector by the Queen City Improvement Bureau, and 
you honored with a certificate. Oh, this is wonderful. I think I got this for the hay bale idea. Uh, you did. I see. For everything. Yes, for everything. Yeah, okay. well, particularly the cheese hay bale wine idea. Yeah. Yes. We got to get that. You know, I'm just going to have to put in a big ramp. <laughs> I'm going to have to build a ramp. That's the next the next thing. Half pipe slash hay bale roll. There you go. Yeah. That's perfect. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is it wonderful. Was, it was our pleasure. Cool. So, and uh, before you go, we'll have to get a quick photo of you holding the certificate. Okay. If that's cool. Definitely. And we'll put it up on our Facebook page. Yes. Oh, that sounds good. Facebook.com slash Queen City Improvement Bureau. Oh, that's a good name. I know. I, I, I was inspired to name it that after the name of our actual department. Smart. Mm-hmm. That's you can, why you can tweet me manager. at Downtown Judith. That's my name, at Downtown Judith. So you'll have to, we'll have to post the picture there, too. On Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Okay, so uh, now we're moving into the innovative revenue tool portion of the agenda. Um, and our first, I, I think I think you have. Yes, uh, I noticed. Well, I actually uh, considering uh, talking about the Elsa haircuts. Uh, I noticed recently the uh, the preponderance of drones in uh, in society today. And uh, and the slightly messy hairstyles of our pedestrians. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in an innovative program, uh, we're partnering with Regina Transit, and uh, to uh, be able to use the R card. So, when you're crossing the street in downtown, you just hold up your R card, and a drone will come down with a quadcopter and give you a trim. Really? Yes. Um, and you were able to get this past the mayor. Yes. Uh, but I, I'm surprised that he would see this as part of the city's core business. Well, he did. Haircuts. Well, you know, the thing is, you go to his house at around 3 in the morning, and he does come out. And, I mean, you have to leave before he, like, calls the authorities, but it's, uh, yeah, it should work. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll we should send that up to a, we'll, we'll write that up and send it up to a committee? Yes. Okay. Exactly. All right. Um, well, if uh, that doesn't work. Uh, we uh, we have some other innovative revenue tools right now. Okay, we're back. Thank you, and welcome back to the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. I'm I'm starting to wonder about those other innovative revenue tools, though. I don't, where do they even find them? Um, I have no idea. I, mean, I, mis- I assumed it came from a committee. Yeah, I, but we don't even know which committee it's coming from. Well, you know, I as long as we get a paycheck, I don't ask too many questions. Do, do we get paychecks? It's been a while for me. I've just always assumed we get paychecks. I don't really know. We, we do get donuts, so yeah. I, I eat the donuts. As long as you up, can survive yeah. on the donuts here. Just barely. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, so we had, we're now moving into the outstanding improvements section of the agenda. Can I get a motion to accept? Uh, sure. We'll just pass it. There's no quorum. Yeah. Uh, first up, we have Stephen Whitworth. That that's correct. Yes, from Prairie Dog Magazine. Yes, we're a small local local uh, loker loker paper local paper. Okay. Did you did you mean ochre? No, no, I said local. Can can't you, are you hearing or no? Not very. Um, when I when I got here, the uh, well, first off, I didn't know City Hall had this many basements. Um, second, your hall lights are all off. They usually are. We've, we've actually put in a lot of memos to that effect. Uh, I hope you didn't slip on any, like, water puddles on the way in. 
No, no puddles. Something was a little sticky, but I couldn't really see anything. So I just, I saw the light at the end of the tunnel, really, the light at the end of the tunnel. And now I'm here on the radio mispronouncing local. Yeah. Um, and you no troubles with the leopard? He, I, I didn't you, see a leopard. Oh, that's just good. for the best. That's for the that's best. That's good. I'm, yeah, oh, I don't know what to say about that. It's okay. It's um, best. It's best not to even think about it. Just when you leave here, um, just walk quickly. Don't don't get distracted. Just head to the exit. Uh, if if I mean if you're saying that there's a leopard in one of the city hall's unlit sub basements, I just want to say I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of leopards, and I know they're they're purported to be dangerous. You're talking about the leopard. The leopard. The what? We we said it was best not to even talk about the leopard. I, I like leopards. I, there's a leopard. I'd like to give it a hug. We can we can arrange that for later. Does does the leopard have a name? I think it might be Charlie. Charlie the leopard. But it doesn't really matter. Like whatever you say, it just answers with like a despairing yowl, and then takes her donuts. Are you sure this is a leopard? <laughs> it might be a coworker. I'm not quite sure to be honest. Um, so you're here tonight to talk about. The best of Regina. Memories. <coughs> oh, to die. The, the memories. Yeah. In, in our office. Um, yeah, so best of Regina. Yes, thank you. Uh, this week, Prairie Dog published its, uh, I believe it's 13th best of Regina edition. Uh, we started this back in 2003. This is, I think, our largest ever. It's at least tied for our largest ever in just sheer number of pages. And uh, we've we've got over... Over 160, or is it over 150? It's over 150, 60, somewhere in there. Uh, categories where readers of the paper and other people who heard about it on the grapevine and through Facebook uh, voted on their, their favorite Regina people and businesses and places to go and things to see and, and all that stuff like that. And uh, we've got the results of this issue, and it, it came out today, and you can pick it up all over Regina at over 400 locations citywide. Mr. Uh, Mr. Whitworth, we have, a, we have a philosophical issue with the best of Regina. I see. Uh, if it, oh, dear. If, if these things are indeed the best of Regina, these are things that can't be improved on. And we're all about improvement, so everything that's marked as best in here either has to, like, degrade pretty quickly, uh, or we have to find things that are not the best so we can improve them. Well, let me just respond to that. Um, geez, you really put me on the hot seat here. Uh, I, w I would say that the best of results that are now available for anyone to pick up in the a physical copy of the paper or read online at prairiedogmag.com uh, those results reflect a moment in time. They reflect the last year of this, of life in Regina. And these are the things that were the best. And at this, at this snapshot of a moment are the best as determined by our readers. But that best changes. We've done this, like I said, 13 years in a row. And there's always changes from year to year, even in the same categories. So what's best right now might be just the worst within like 12 months. 12 months or less. Case in point, one of uh, our categories is Best Prairie Dog Writer, and I believe Aiden Morgan, I don't know if you're familiar with his writing, but but he won that. And he is, it is I, to me, it's highly unlikely he'll win that category again next year. I would be surprised if he's even nominated. It, well, he is, he is the worst. We all know this. 
So. Yeah, well, not as bad as this. Who's this Kieran guy who you have? Oh, Kieran. Yeah. Well, writing, I don't, I don't want to say too much. Um, uh, Kieran was a guy who contacted us uh, way early, beginning of this year. Uh, he was looking for some freelance work, and we got his samples, and they're just unbelievably pompous. It's like he has no interest in anything outside of his own head. Uh, it's nothing I would even consider publishing normally. Uh, he said we could publish it for free, and I said, that's not good enough. And then, actually, uh, he did offer to pay us to publish it, and so we let him write, do some limited writing in the best of food, and now he's back. But I'm starting to get worried because we still haven't seen any money, although these cases of mustard A's keep showing up in our office. And he says it's this art artisanal uh, mustard mayonnaise mix but you know i i tried it and it's got this weird aluminum flavor to it so that's that would be the aluminum uh well I, that's my concern and so i haven't had any more right um so in the uh, best of Regina, what uh, what categories really stood out this year what uh, what kinds of things were you excited to write up about oh well there's uh there's really so many. Um, I like uh, I like the fun categories a lot. The ones like uh, Regina's Best Ghost, Yes, an Actual Ghost, and of course the Ghost of Government House won that this year. Uh, there's a good field, so that was a lot of fun uh, for me. What did What did he do to win this? Uh, I imagine he haunted a large number of voters and compelled them through his paranormal powers uh, to go online to our website and uh, and both nominate him and then vote vote for him in the end. So he would have been up. I can't actually remember offhand who he was, which ghost he was up against. I know in the uh, uh, I believe the the Magellan, the old Magellan's Coffee House ghost, uh, probably the Broad Street or the uh, College Avenue campus ghost. And don't forget the Capital Point Ghost. Uh, was the Capital Point Ghost actually nominated? And is there a Capital Point Ghost? Well, we thought there was, but last week we discovered that uh, it was actually um, uh, Hill, Mr. Paul Hill, uh, dressed up as a ghost haunting the Capitol, old Capital Point lot. Is this one of those um, uh, things that your bureau has identified and you talk about, but... Like the leopard that's actually just a co-worker who wants your donuts is maybe not quite what you think it is? No, I, no I'm just the, having some doubts about the, your bureau. No, there was an actual group of kids who yeah, uh, decided I've got to, to say, solve I, the when mystery. I got the, I, you know, I got to interrupt here because when I got the uh, invitation to appear on this show, your letterhead was very, very questionable. The uh, the logo looked like it was completely off-brand. I didn't see any of those uh, those bow-like loops or ribbons that we, uh, Regina we, is supposed to have. We crowdsourced the logo. We hired a consultant who crowdsourced the logo to a group of kindergarten students, and uh, it only cost us $40,000. Yeah. So who's laughing now? I'm I'm not, so yeah. sir, I'll have to give you that point, sir. We, we're laughing. Um, what other categories, Mr. Whitworth, would uh, uh, did really stuck out uh, this year? Well, I uh, uh, best Twitter is a fun one. I also like categories that just focus on everyday Reginans and Regina's best Twitter. Did we call it Twitter Twitterer? Uh, this year was uh, Regina Goose. Oh, really? Uh, you may you may know him. Another one of our local obnoxious personalities. A lot of honking online and on Twitter all the time. But you know, I think there might be a heart under all that honk. And I've I've always enjoyed following at Regina Goose on Twitter. Uh, I'm checking the bylaws. I don't think it's legal for an animal to have a Twitter account in the city. Well, you might want to actually contact Regina Goose then. 
yeah. and uh, and and let that goose know if this, it's in violation of any protocols. This law has been on the books since um, 1925. It looks like. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, we'll we'll talk. Yeah, to you. Twitter was I'm really sorry, new that back a, then. Really is new. that a bat? No, sorry, I thought I saw something move. Was that a bat? Do you have bats down here? I don't. I don't think so. I think I think maybe maybe what you thought was the uh, complimentary coffee uh, might have been the ether. Just just to warn you. I, I'm really not sure about this bureau, but uh, well, I'll I'll go on with it. Sure, let's let's keep this going. I guess. Because, because we are a legitimate bureau, so tell tell us more about the the best of Regina. Uh, what about what about some of the actual animals? There are best and worst animals we hear. Yes, our best animal this year was a hare, dethroning mm-hmm. moose from last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, if you've walked around uh, many parts of Regina, we've got not those wimpy little bunnies that a city like Winnipeg has. The ones that are barely the size, just a little bigger than a fist, with their tiny little pathetic ears. We've got large strong hares in the city uh bigger than cats often and uh very handsome animals you can find them downtown you can find them in Oscana park you can find them uh up in the north end uh i think they're they're an admirable creature and i've always enjoyed uh enjoyed seeing them and what about the worst animal of all to no one's surprise that is the wasp worst animal you saw in Regina in the past year. That was a new category for Prairie Dogs Best of Regina. And, uh, but the wasp, I think, was a runaway winner. And, uh, and really, who can, who can blame the people? Uh, democracy is a mixed bag. Sometimes Stephen Harper is your prime minister. Other times, uh, a wasp is denounced by the masses. So at least half the time, democracy really does a good job of identifying the state of reality and the things we should be concerned about, and with the wasp, they got it right. I think I think there's something there's some subtext there, but I can't I can't quite put my finger on that one. No, me neither. Can't, not quite. Uh, so the wasp, I think that's definitely something we can work on as an improvement. Right, getting rid of all wasps. All wasps kill all wasps. Yes. So there you go. We started off this conversation, and you said that there's there's a problem with the best of Regina because it leaves no room for improvement. But you're already identifying things, even in the current best of issue, even though it reflects a short moment in time that you can improve on. We are, we never stop working, even during our meetings. You're very dedicated. Dedicated and very legitimate and real. You're an absolutely real bureau. Would, uh, would anyone doubt that when they have to take an elevator down to previously undiscovered levels of City Hall? Exactly. Um, so one, one, one other thing that might need improvement. Uh, we noticed that in filling out the form online there was an awful lot of button pushing that we needed to do we had to click a lot to get through that form uh do you think you could get maybe pare down the number of categories to like 12 oh no we're going to keep increasing them every year we have a lot of freelancers that write for our paper they are very very eager to write about uh, I hear they love it. The boat rejoin is best. They, I, they absolutely love it. And uh, I think next year we'll be looking at 200, possibly 250 categories. I've had writers complain to me that uh, if they're writing less than 20 short essays for this feature, they're feeling underused and unappreciated. Um, what about, uh, have you guys thought about doing a best of best of? So taking all of the people who or businesses or restaurants or all of the things that win in their their various categories and making them all fight 
and seeing who comes out on top and is the best of the best of. That's not where I thought you were going with this. I thought you were saying, have you ever celebrated like a period of time and looked at some of the all-time best winners? And we actually have done that. We did that for our 10th anniversary, Best of Regina. But you're talking about, uh, if I understand, uh, Best of Regina Kumite. Yes, exactly. Yeah, blood sport. So one, uh, so one best, two bests enter, one best leaves. Yes. Oh, I like that. Is uh, uh, one thing I've actually wondered about um, the Queen City Improvement Bureau: uh, Can members of the public, public organizations that are looking for help in implementing some of these ideas, can they come to you? And uh, do you have available funds or resources uh, that uh, that? groups or organizations can access because I know Prairie Dog actually could really enjoy um, uh, developing some of these ideas as you suggest and even many more uh, but but you know certainly we'd want to partner with and with a level with various levels of government and civil service to uh, to make sure this happens as well as local business well we are we are working on a plan for that um, the first step we have in implementing that that sort of plan is to let people in the building and get them past security because security insists there's no such thing as the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Uh, I see. Which is why you, which is why you and Judith had to come in after hours. Right, right. So, um, yeah, I was a little worried that actually you might be talking. You might say that well, it's complicated and it involves uh, expensive consultants and kindergarten students, but um, no, it's, drunk it sounds like things are further along than I thought. Oh yeah, yep. no, we're, we're getting there. Actually, um, we should we should also mention that Queen City Improvement Bureau must be a real thing because we do broadcast every week on ninety one point three FM CJTR. That's Regina's community radio station. It is directly from your, and it's a remote location. It's yes. not actually yeah. right, it's right not from, actually in CJTR. No, it's yeah. from the sub basement. Well, did either of you have a? I, as as you know, I brought some papers. They were wrapping up. Did either of you have a chance to look at the best? Of, did you have any thoughts? Uh, I I loved everything about it except for uh, except for that Kieran Bachelet fellow. He uh, he needs he needs to go away and never ever write for the paper again. Well, people who want to send us feedback on the best of Regina can direct emails to feedback at prairiedogmag.com. They can pick up their their uh, copy of the issue at street boxes, stands, and various grocery stores, coffee shops, all throughout town. And of course, it's online at www.prairiedogmag.com. Excellent. Oh, Thank you for that inexplicably hostile interview. That was great. <laughs> I was really enjoyed that. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming in uh, and giving us this presentation at today's meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Uh, I think we should move on with uh, some other outstanding improvements. Yes. Uh, next up on the agenda, uh, there was a, the stadium construction update came out this week. Uh, the media was brought in, given a chance to look around at the uh, the stadium construction. The slightly wider seats. The slightly wider seats, yes. It's 60% complete now, they're saying. Wow. There should be like an actual like progress bar, like, projected above the stadium so we can see like the the incremental increases i actually think once they get the scoreboard up that's Ooh. what they're going to do yeah they'll have like nice. a little like a, a sliding scroll bar that will just like slowly day after day get closer to the closer right and closer. excellent yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that um so uh with this update uh they focused on uh the on three items with the stadium uh the press releases that came out all of the material uh focused on the spectator roof the lighting and the spectator seating uh because this is the step that they're on now these are the things that are starting to go in uh the spectator roof 
apparently is being put in by a company called Fabritech from Dallas, Texas. Very nice. I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad we got some Texans in to do the job. Exactly. Uh, it, uh, it will be 130,000 square feet of polytetrafluoroethylene. That, Which that, is, that, is, that does not exist. You might as well say unicorn dragon magic thing. Oh, this is the scientific name. Unicorn uh, dragon magic thing is oh. the actual like um, common name. Oh, fair enough. Uh, the fabric roofing is expected to be done in 2016. Um, you may have heard of Fabritech from Dallas. Uh, they also, according to the uh, city's communications department, they also worked on uh, BC Place in Vancouver. Uh, which and everything went perfectly there. Yeah, they recently had a roof renovation uh, done there to put in a retractable fabric roof. And uh, the Thai newspaper in Vancouver refers to that renovation project as a boondoggle. Uh, the the budget balloon from three hundred and sixty five million in two thousand nine when it was projected uh, when it was uh, put forward up to five hundred and fourteen million dollars in twenty twelve. What's, what's $200 million between the city and its tax base? Fair enough. Yes. And uh, Pavco, the manager of the facility, is finding that after the new w- roof has been put in, they've been having a harder time selling seats to events and are expected to lose $68 million through to 2016. Everything will work out for us, though. Yeah. Fabritech also apparently worked on the OmniLife Stadium in Guadalajara, Mexico, which holds the record for having the most expensive seats during a soccer game in all of Mexico. They also worked on the Olympic Stadium in London, which was supposed to cost $280 million in the Olympics bid, but the cost rose, or sorry, not bucks, pounds. 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 And then rose to 429 million pounds by the time it was done. That is the heaviest unit of currency out there. I've heard. It's actually an entire pound and a half. I don't know why it's not a whole pound. But, you know, who knows with the British? Yeah. At the end of things, uh, the whole project, now that they're doing uh, post-Olympic renovations, it costs 701 million pounds. All of that's on the taxpayer um, backs. Uh, Handling the lighting for our stadium is a company called uh, Ephesus Lighting, and they're putting in LED lights. We're going to be, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be so bright watching football games. Um, Maybe you've heard of LED, of uh, Ephesus Lighting. They worked on uh, the University of Phoenix Stadium in uh, Glendale, Arizona. Uh, Glendale is, uh, the New York Times refers to it as a, a city carrying an albatross of debt that it's gathered uh, from all of the uh, sports facilities it's built. I'm starting just to discern a pattern in, in what you're talking about here. And yeah, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just sort of reciting what was actually in the press release. Um, but I'm, what I'm, what I'm getting is that everything worked out really well for everywhere these places have been. These well, these these new stadiums that have been built have been built. Right, exactly, and now and now they live in a paradise of of stadium. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Not unlike uh, Ephesus Lighting also worked on the U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota is going to pay for their $348 million portion of that stadium uh, through revenue it gathered from charitable gambling. Uh, but the projected revenues from that charitable gambling have plummeted. Uh, they were expected to earn about $34 million between 2012 and 2017. That number has dropped to $1.7 million expected. Um, and that brings us to seating. We've got new seats going in. We do. And that'll be put in by Irwin Seating from Grand Rapids, Michigan. It looks like they'll be very comfy seats, actually. Yeah, so our new seating is going to have uh, 20-inch wide seats, so almost two feet wide, um, the new new huskier depth of seat. And uh, 
the uh, Irwin Seating also worked on, uh, according to this press release, Lucas Oil Stadium, which you re- you might remember. Uh, after uh, it opened, they discovered the operating costs were way higher than they had anticipated, and the state had to impose a sales tax to cover the cost. Uh, and just this year, the state had to pay $71 million to refinance the debt on that stadium. And in September, three fans were injured because a bolt fell from the ceiling of the stadium and conked them on the heads. Um, To to be fair, all of the things that you're talking about, I mean, you'd have to do in-depth research to discover any of it. Like do a, like maybe one Google search? Uh, One Google search, yeah. Type in the name. Yeah, and you'll find all these things out. Uh, the the other project that Irwin Seating worked on was Commonwealth Stadium in, Adia, in Edmonton, which is different from all the other ones that I've talked about in that it wasn't a new build. It was actually built back in 1975. It's been paid off for decades. Uh, and But the city decided to do a renovation. And a renovation is where instead of tearing something down and building a new one, they fix the old one. What? Yeah, no, I know. I learned about this on Google, and they they spent $12 million, so that's like just $12 million um, on the renovation. $4 million of that came from the city and uh, from a ticket surcharge, and everything was completed on time and on budget, and there were no problems. I think, I think we can safely conclude that what you're saying is a bunch of random noises that don't mean a thing. It is the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Exactly. So let's let's focus on improving things. Okay. Um, I don't know. I think that brings us to the end of the agenda for tonight. We are we are at the end of the agenda. Uh, can I get a motion to adjourn the meeting? Uh, sure. And passed. Uh, we would like to thank Judith Verisuk and Stephen Whitworth for coming down and being recognized as improvement vectors. Also, we'd like to thank Ema Sumac, uh, but not the bear that ate her. Uh, also, like to thank Ryan Hill, aka Guidewire, for supplying the theme music. Uh, so, thank you very much, everybody, and good night. Oh, and also, everybody, uh, remember that you can find us on Facebook at uh, Facebook slash Queen City Improvement Bureau dot com, <laughs> and also we're on Twitter at Queen City IB. Yeah, and so if you have any questions or concerns or things that you think need improving, please tweet them at us. Uh, we would love to tackle them on the show. Um, do, do you mind, Aiden, if I uh, change up our, our usual uh, ending music? I've got some more Ema Sumac I'd love I, to play. I think Ema Sumac is a great way to, uh, to play right. us out. This, in, in honor of uh, Steve Whitworth, our guest from Prairie Dog, I was able to scare up the Gopher Mambo.